And we're live. Thanks for joining us here again in podcast episode 39. Uh, as always, I've got our my trusty right-hand man, Anthony, here. And uh, also joining us is the Turtle Rooms video production coordinator, Kevin Minto. Um, you can thank him for all the beautiful work that happens through our YouTube channel. Um, so thanks for being here, guys. Uh, we've got a, a good show full of um, fundraisers and in-situ projects to talk about tonight. That's right. That's right. Happy to be here. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Kev. So happy to be on board as well. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got some things planned for tonight. Um, we also hear Kevin's on for the first time for an entire show. We're excited about that. Are you nervous, Kev? No, I was on in June, actually, with uh, the Jack Berlin episode. You were, you were only on for a few minutes. I just want to make sure you're doing okay with this. This no, is a big I step. The, I was on the entire episode, man. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. He was a, no, he was not. We kicked him off. Remember, he had to... The entire episode. I'm going to have to look back. What episode is that? 35? It's in June. June. So we're 39 now, 38 in September, 37 in July, 36 in June. See how he skipped August? He's smart because we didn't do one in August. No. He knows what he's doing. So that's why he's here, folks. That's we why he's here. One. We never do one in August because of the conference. Yeah, right. I can't unless remember. Like, unless next time maybe we can get like 12 members of our team to um, – to this conference and then we could have people being able to like do some things and actually host on from the conference if we could get internet good enough might be yeah. kind of fun was that the issue there wasn't strong enough wi-fi uh no we did to with only one person from the organ or two people from the organization me and scott there it's imp like to actually successfully host one while also getting involved in all the other things you need to be doing during the conference okay that's yeah, not enough bodies that's how you appropriately pressure your your cohorts into doing something you want them to do. Yeah, well, we need more I, bodies at the conference. I am pretty sure that I can convince my wife to go to Colorado next year if that's where it's officially happening. Denver, oh. yeah, we're going to Denver. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, official dates by the by Thanksgiving, but we'll see. Okay. Denver, beautiful, the Sunshine State, terrific. I think you have that confused, but you know. I think that's from that's from old school. That's that's like the specific that's like the specific place. I feel like, isn't it? In old school, Owen Wilson when he's drunk. No, I don't know the movie well enough. You know, I don't that's, know movies like you know movies. That exp that explains a lot. Old school is our generation's Animal House. You have to know, it, even if you don't like it, you just you have to know it. Do you know what I'm saying? Kevin's working on something. I'm looking up the old school Denver quote for you. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's like I got it right. It's Denver. I think it's Denver. Yeah, Denver, the sunshine, sunshine state, gorgeous. Right, gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Okay. Yeah, I, it has I, to I be a movie that... quote with Anthony. You can always count on a well, several <laughs> good movie quotes. Yeah, um, so I speak in movie quotes pretty much ninety-five percent of everything I oh, say. So does your dear friend John. Yeah, the five, the other five percent is just Latin turtle species names. Exactly. That's it. That's that's my whole. That's my whole diet made up you, for you, you right there. You change the names of them sometimes to, you know, Camel's. Yeah. Dunk or whatever that was. Dunk <laughs> Kevin, apologize. Apologize to all of our viewers for your for your clickbaiting. Oh, um, yeah. I'm very, very sorry. The, uh, the <laughs> uh, 
He's talking. We're talking about the video where I dunk a basketball because on the podcast several times, John and Steve and at least in person, Kevin made fun of me that I couldn't dunk a basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had to prove them wrong. But then Kevin got a little uh, excited about the n- naming of the video and the the way that he edited everything. I thought. Actually, um, actually I think it was appreciated. I asked, I called and asked if I could do clickbait for this one. So yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point that it shouldn't all be on you that you did. Ask. <laughs> I, I think um, the vast majority of people had, you know, a good sense of humor and, and were okay with it. But some people were very quick to call us out on our clickbaiting uh, yeah, approach. To all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you can't, you can't avoid clickbaiting all the time. That's, that's no. one thing I always say. Yeah, uh, even the largest YouTube channels do it all the time. So. Fine, yeah. fine line, fine line. Once in, Once in a while, here we'll clickbait you, but it's for, it's for a little gag, and hopefully, it, yeah, we'll be okay. Right. I will. I won't do it more than once a year. I promise. Good. I'm gonna hold you to that. It's and now. Videos, now it's out there. That whole video got 605 views. You know, and wow, just, that's a lot I'm, of views. Well, I'm assuming Anthony's like 300 of them. You know. Yeah, I was showing all my friends. Well, yeah, like, look, I can still go. Everybody else, what he's doing. Yeah. You said that it's there were. Hey, I dunked a basketball this weekend. Come see it. I don't care how tall I am. I'm bald. I have what little hair I have left is gray. I'm fat, and I eat six chicken parm meals a day. And the fact that I could still dunk a basketball, I don't care how tall I am, it still counts. <clears throat> By the way, that's folks. Um, six chicken parms is part of a rigorous diet to maintain his weight. Yes. Yeah, he just, he just shrinks down to nothing if he does not have six chicken parms a day. They call me the calories minimum at yeah, at every meal, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, they call me the big parm, and that's not for nothing. It's legit. So, um, speaking of speaking of my uh, lovely personality, um, and and as it involves uh, chicken parm, I had a chicken parm sub uh, purchase for me just the other day. It was delicious. And there's more to that story. It was, it was purchased by the amazing, very talented, very I'm not worthy. I don't even deserve to be having conversations with uh, a gentleman named Ari Taub, who is a American film director, filmmaker, and he is just absolutely amazing. And he's been kind of coming to us at the Turtle Room to help him with. Um, a documentary that he's making about turtles and he's a turtle guy as well. Obviously he's a, he's a very, um, he's a very accomplished filmmaker with, who's won a lot of awards and <clears throat> he, uh, he just happens to love turtles. He's, he's kind of like turtles since he was a kid, kind of a story similar to a lot of us where he was like catching turtles in the wild when he was a kid. And then, you know, seeing those places where he used to encounter turtles kind of be turned into strip malls and housing developments and then not seeing a certain species in the wild anymore. Um, so it's kind of, and then what he's read online about things like that. I mean, look at this is, this is the legit guy right here. This is the legit guy. So like the fallen, I've heard of that movie before. Okay. I don't remember watching it, but that was the legit movie that like, you know what I'm saying? It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Like, like this is the type of person who I'd be thrilled just to meet and to actually like work with him on a project is absolutely thrilling, really, like for lack of a better term. So um, he, you know, has some turtles himself and is still interested in that, in them. And the more time that passes, the more 
he's kind of felt like he should make this passion project and now he's actually doing it, which is amazing. He, he's come out to my place and he's gone to Chris Leone's place, Garden State Tortoise, who as many of you viewers probably know is um, our director of animal husbandry um, and has gotten some awesome B-roll and also some interviews of us um, in our in our turtle rooms, our collective turtle rooms. And, I was going to say in your natural state. Yeah, in my in my habitat here, purely onus dungabalus. Um, and I will say for anyone who see now, like in a year and a half, this is going to come out and it's going to go on like the film, you know, the independent film uh, festival circuit and all that stuff. And we'll be able to go to like a legit like film like opening which is wild but for anyone who ends up seeing this like a year and a half two years from now whatever it is just know that it was when he filmed me it was august in my basement where all my turtles are and well, where most of my turtles are and i was sweating profusely it was very uncomfortable for everyone and i just want you to know that that i wasn't nervous or anything it was actually very comfortable but i was sweating a lot because the turtles come first you know what i mean when he came over to your place, um, and I believe you were there also at Garden State Tortoise when he did, what yeah. were your expectations going into it? And then uh, what did you come away with from it? Well, I had spoken to him on the phone a few times, so I knew that he was legit. And then I looked him up online and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. And and as we were talking about earlier with the movie quotes, like I am a movie buff. So I really do like appreciate independent films, cult classics, the whole nine yards. Um, I haven't been able to get the time to actually watch one of his movies yet i have to admit i'm embarrassed but i'm excited to um anyway so going into it i had had conversations with him on the phone and you know i love the questions he asked and he's really good like like you know such a professional where like he'll send you the questions ahead of time and say you know this is what we're looking at so go ahead and um just like you have kevin with with our videos you know here's what we're looking at and um you know, familiarize yourself with them and think about your answers. You know, I spend every free minute of every day thinking turtles. Like, um, obviously, you guys know that I'm obsessed. But um, the the questions he sent me were, were very simple. So I went into it very comfortable that I could just talk about things that I'm passionate about and that I care a lot about anyway. So that was pretty simple. Awesome. Yeah. So I was, I was going into it to answer your question, going into it, I was, I was very comfortable and it, that didn't change besides the fact that I maybe looked like I wasn't comfortable because I was so sweaty. So really gross. Like, like Kevin Garnett at the free throw line in overtime, sweaty, <laughs> like sweat dripping off the goatee. Second part to that question. Now, um, yep. being that you're the head of, you know, video and audio for the turtle room, what did you what did you learn that day from him that you think we can use to kind of push our media further? I think we need a guy who's just a cameraman. Mm -hmm. I think we need an eight thousand dollar camera. I think we need I'm just kidding. That's uh, a big order, man. <laughs> I saw yeah. it too. I'm like, oh because you know I had a pretty good video camera myself. And then I was like, Oh, do you mind, you know, would you mind telling me how much that camera costs? He's like, it's about nine thousand. Like, oh was a like a red 4k camera it's a sony camera um i think so i think if i think like 4k or something like that but it just it uses like big big sd cards kind of that makes they're like wider and but they're like just as flat but they're like bigger i don't know um 
but it was it was really cool. It was, and like you know the artificial lighting and the, I mean a lot of the stuff we've used too, like like the lapel lapel yeah. mics and stuff like that. Like some of the stuff wasn't that impressive, but everything seemed to work really well. And like when they were interviewing Chris, I was watching from behind the camera and I was able to like see what the footage looked like, and it was just amazing how good it looked. Yeah. But um, we also went out in the field too um, with one of the in situ projects that were that we've been involved in that I'll that we'll, we'll talk about later. We we do want to talk about some some work that we do in the field. The term in situ, which is spelled I N. Is there an apostrophe, Steve? No, it's a hyphen. A hyphen. I meant apostrophe. I'm I'm embarrassed. A hyphen. I meant. Um, Steve is our fact checker, and when I say things like apostrophe when I mean hyphen, he corrects that too, which is perfect. So thank you. So it's it's I N hyphen S I T U in situ, and it means in in the wild. When somebody does work in the wild in a natural habitat with an animal, that's in situ. And, and you can see the uh, phonetic pronunciation, etc. How did I do? Okay. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. So the textbook definition is in its original place, which is why we use that to talk about conservation of turtles in their wild habitats because they're in their original place. And ex situ would be what we do. Ex situ would be what we do with animals like in assurance colonies, like what I have here in my basement. Don't tell anyone about my basement. There are times, by the way, it's used without a hyphen. So um, it's really, you know, you can go either way with hyphen, without hyphen, et cetera. Right. So, yeah, so um, I'm really excited for it. The other thing, too, is to watch on our YouTube channel because um, Ari has, in all of his generosity, has um, – Offered to send us some of the footage that he thinks maybe won't be used for the for the movie, and they've already started kind of putting things together. Awesome! Um, yeah, it's 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 really really cool. It's really cool. So we, yeah, go ahead. Well, as I say, what's really tough is about probably just under a year ago, me and you were talking that we wanted to do this exact same thing, and we were we kept hashing out ideas and what yep. to do. We actually started getting like some interviews that we didn't use and whatnot. And then this project rolled up, and I think this project, unfortunately, is going to be, in a good way, a lot better than ours would have ended up being. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So I'm very excited for it. You know, uh, even though I'm not directly related into there, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. I think there might still be an opportunity. I think we know. I'll tell you something right now, mm -hmm. and I don't want to sound cocky, okay? Because I'm not, I'm not the the brightest tool in the shed. Is that what it's called? Uh, but so, so as good as, as, <laughs> as much better as Ari is, I know I'm not saying this right, but you follow everyone. Yes. Thank you. A at making movies, we know more about turtles. So he's ultimately going, and he's been so good. Like he will, he will absolutely show it to us first. Make sure we don't, he doesn't use anything where, you know, he interviewed me for like four hours and I guarantee you, I said some really stupid stuff in there. I felt, I felt okay about everything. I don't remember anything specifically that I said that I felt was stupid, but believe me, there was some stupid stuff in there in four hours. I will say stupid stuff. If you've never watched the podcast, believe me, I will. You only need to watch one podcast. To see, to yeah, see seriously. Right. Hours. It doesn't take four hours. One podcast an hour. Just over an hour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My point. Exactly. So, um, I trust him. Um, I know he's going to do a great job, but at the same time, 
I think we have a better knowledge of um, of turtles in general and what's going on. So I think that you know there still may be an opportunity for us to do something mm-hmm. that um, maybe gets more in depth in a in a particular issue. Yeah, um, just tailor it or, differently. Yeah. So I think there's still options there for us, but at the at the very least, and time is on our side. Most mm-hmm. of us are young. I mean, Steve's pretty old now, but most of us are. Most I'm older than both of you guys. Are you older than Steve? Steve's old. I tick. I tick. Yeah. What? What do you say? <laughs> I didn't hear it. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm a I'm a grandfather compared to you guys. You know. Oh man, I thought you were actually saying you're a grandfather. So what are you talking about? No, no, I just uh, <laughs> use a lot of lotion on my face, so that's why I keep my great complexion and everything, you know? Right. I would actually guess out of the three of us that you were the youngest. Really? Yeah. No, you're baby. the baby, Anthony. That's why you're so big. Yeah, right. I'm like baby Huey, of the baby Huey of the group. I've, I've, we call you Babyface Minto when you're not around, Kev. Babyface, yeah? Yeah, that's what we call you. I've always had a big beard, so I don't know. But yeah, but under the beard, though, you could tell you're young. No crow's feet or anything like that. No, it's uh, it's amylactin, you know. That's a wonder, wonder illusion. That's amazing. I don't use lotion because I'm lazy. <laughs> I haven't brushed my teeth since last week. I don't know. That one you might want to work on. I floss though. Yeah, floss. I floss. Don't I don't brush. Definitely. That's you know I'm lying because nobody does that. Nobody flosses and not brushes. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, if you floss and don't brush, there's something wrong. Right, right. It's very. I don't use. I don't use toothpaste though. No. Did you know that? No, it's not. I've I look. I've read up on it a lot. It's not necessary. The only thing you get from toothpaste is fluoride. If you get fluoride toothpaste, but I drink tap water. Hello. <laughs> what about uh? What about breath? My teeth are terrific, so I don't have I don't have bad breath usually. Well, no, that's not the point. It's not the teeth. It's in the back of your tongue. No, I don't think so. I think it has a lot to do with your teeth and like gingivitis. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, podcast in November, we're going to have a dentist on. To go That's over. a really good idea. And then we can talk to them about all the dental tools we use to clean turtle shells. Like I use yeah. a whole bunch of dental tools. Toothbrush, obviously, for any time you need to scrub something. Um, and then I use like the little, the picks to, to clean out uh, necrotic tissue if there's ever a shell rot issue, which does happen from, from time to time when you have a large collection of animals in captivity, especially when you have stuff coming in or if you're rescuing animals as well. Mm-hmm. How I'm are those doing? Oh man, they're terrific. You got them, are they right near you? You can pick one up. Do you want me to pick one up? Yeah, I want to see them. Okay, hold on. I'm going to shut my camera off. Talk amongst yourselves. So while we wait for Anthony to go get a which what turtle did you say he's getting? Uh, Claudius. Oh, one of the Claudius, right? Yeah. So yeah, really cool. Um, we might actually have a Claudius in our upcoming calendar, folks. So uh, you know, those of you who bought it before will be um, tickled with what you see coming uh, out in front of you within the next several weeks. Uh, we're working on putting that uh, the finishing touches on that as we select pictures and finish producing that so there's a hint we might have a claudius see i thought he was gonna i thought he was gonna be back right there so i thought i had to there he is seems to kill me right now oh that's the coolest can you see it yeah so they, they call these the vampire musk turtle yeah and 
they have the little um, or the narrow bridge musk turtle. He's legit going to bite me on camera right now. I'm going to be so embarrassed. Like those people who try to kiss their alligator snapping turtle on video. Um, Look at that mouth. That's so, it's so mad at me right now. I love how, like, the webbed feet, how wide they are and everything. They're terrific. I love the um, orange iris, iris mm -hmm. around the eye. Um, he's not looking at the camera. He wants to kill me. So they're, they're tremendous. You could see um, the, the bridge where normally the plastron would meet the carapace. There's, there's no shell right there. It doesn't connect. Right. Uh, it does, well, but not with under, hard, hard tissue. Right. Okay. So um, that's where they get the name, the narrow bridge. And then if you would look at you instead of me, you'd see that there's little cusp on each side of the beak. Oh my gosh, he's so mad at me right now. And um, that's where they get the, the other common name, the vampire must turtle. I don't know how many people use that, but um, I like that one. It legit looks like he unhinges jaw. Yeah, he wants, he wants he's a snake that. going after your face. Oh God. Oh God. Sorry, I almost just got bit. Time to go put them away. Put them back. <laughs> Can we do a segment where we let it bite you? <laughs> What's that? I said, can we do a segment where we let it bite you? We, we almost just did. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, I have a question for you. Yeah, go for it. When you're producing this calendar, you know, because I'm assuming you're the one who, like, kind of, puts everything together. How do you choose the, which photo for which month? Is there any rhyme or reason? Um, yeah, actually there is. Lisa typically helps, uh, helps pick which turtle is um, in which month. Okay. Um, so we try to pick stuff with reds and oranges for in like the fall months, especially like October with Halloween and stuff. Yeah. So sometimes it's like as silly as it is, is we pick some turtles with like those fall, fall like colors. Um, yeah. North American wood turtle be perfect for that. Yeah, or like um, you, this. The current one has um, uh, uh, red foot, uh, red footed tortoise uh, on for this month here in October. Um, but there's the also there's also fallen leaves all around it too. I think this red foot, isn't there? I don't remember. I thought it was just mulch, but anyway. Um, Maybe that was a past year. I haven't put my calendar. My I haven't put a calendar back up in my in the new uh, in the new house yet. Uh, my calendar is right here, but it's on August, so that shows you how organized I am. And I'm pretty sure Anthony has a calendar for me that he never gave me, so I don't know. Oh, there's not leaves. You're right. Um, a couple years ago, we had a um, an eastern painted turtle that had a bunch of you know multicolored leaves and a log around it. As That's what it was. A September or October picture. Um, so things like that um, are, end up being factors. We try to close um, the the year out with something with a bang, and you know, uh, put one of the best pictures in January as well. Um, one year we actually staged uh, spider tortoises with a reef and used that in December. Okay. I think that was the first year. That was the worst. We've learned so much since then. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so my wife uses the calendars in, uses a calendar in her, in her office at work. And so often one of times one of her favorite pictures will end up in February or March since she works so long hours during those years. That way she has a, a good picture to stare at. So. Okay. I like when Steve yeah. talks and tells a story with ice in his mouth. 
my favorite. On, uh, on average, how many of the photos are actually from like the wild versus the captive collections we keep? Uh, about one ever. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, very few. Um, they're hard to hard to get calendar worthy pictures in the wild when you're not spending lots of time looking or you know out actually trying to take those pictures. Yeah. Like it's a nature photography type of thing. Um, so that's the real challenge there. We um, we technically have one in this year's calendar that was taken during a survey trip. Okay. Um, that was actually uh, September's picture. Uh, the Apollon Ferox was taken during a nafturing survey. Um, right. Actually, by uh, that picture was actually taken by the wife of one of our dear friends, Andy Weber. Uh, his wife Jess took this picture. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, it's a very nice picture. And uh, there you go. That huh. happened. Yeah, it's spiny softshell. Uh, Florida, Florida softshell. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, calendar pictures. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, captive uh, animals. Um, we try to use um, long-term captives or hatchlings or really smoothly grown um, captive bred animals, but we, we don't want things to look gnarly or even unnatural in the in the picture in the calendar, especially. So yeah. it really is uh, picking the best of the best that we can find for the year. That um, most of, most of them have been taken by our staff, and then uh, you know sometimes we have some submitted. Um, you know, since TSA partners with us for this for the calendar the last couple of years, they submit a couple of pictures from um, various projects of theirs. Okay, awesome. Did you see the uh, the photo I sent in for the snapping turtle? It was like on pavement. I did. So that thing was so sick. Got really up close. It was clearly mad, you know, but allowed me to get close enough to take like a pretty clear shot of it. Uh, but my buddy just sent me a text one morning saying that he saw that. He sent me like the GPS coordinates. And it went back an hour later, and it was the exact same spot, within, like, five feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bizarre. It was just looking for a spot to lay, you know? Huh. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, later this week, we'll uh, really start digging through all those pictures to, uh, you know, finally uh, to process them and then pick the best of the best of the best. I think we've got more good ones than ever going into this stage of the game. We'll see. We'll see. I'm still I'm still collecting some pictures from some places. Uh so you're supposed to be optimistic. I thought you're the optimistic one. I am, but uh, we had a really nice calendar this past year. So, you know, it's going to be tough to beat. It's going to be tough to beat. We're going to have some really cool things that we haven't had in a calendar, um, to be honest. So, uh, you know, it could be really interesting to see what all we've got we can put together. Hmm. We're actually a little behind schedule, I must admit. But between moving and all these other uh, projects going on, this one got delayed slightly, slightly this year. So speaking of other projects, <clears throat> let's talk about that thing on your hat since uh, that also connects to where um, to the project Ari, uh, you know, went out, to, uh, went out with you for. Well, sure. one of them, right? He, was he at both places? Uh, no, he came out to... Um, oh, I thought he was out to that one too. No, he came out to uh, John Foley's right. project, in, uh, project for Wood Turtles, the telemetry project. Got it. Um, and then he just went and visited Chris's place. Got uh, it. Th that was actually like a week. Those two things were like a week apart. Right. So, um, well, let's back. start with one of those and then you can just ramble on from there. 
I would like to ramble on. Thank you so much for the green light for that. I would like to ramble. Uh, so we were part of a, I suppose we could start with the Turtle Conservancy since you since you pointed out my hat, and that is why I wore it. A uh, little rep out, uh, shout out to our to our buddies there. And you, um, if you're a viewer of the podcast, this, this podcast, the podcast, then you've seen our friend James Liu, and he took these photos of the Diamondback Terrapins the diamond, I'm sorry, the Terrapin Nesting Project, which is in New Jersey, um, with Diamondback Terrapins. And Kathy Lacey has been a part of this project for a long time. You've heard Chris Leone talk about this on the podcast before. And um, what an amazing project. This is my first time seeing them in action. And it's actually, um, Chris is a big part of this as well. And the Turtle Conservancy and Kathy, they all work together on this this amazing project. Um, Kathy does a lot of the, you know, day-to-day running of everything still. Um, But they've released over 2,500 Terrapins just this year. Like, that's amazing. And I was actually there for this release that day. That hand on the left is Chris's hand. And then the hand in the middle is Kathy's hand. And you see that little diamondback that's yawning, like like mid-photo. I was standing right there. And that turtle yawned. We were all seeing the photo being taken. And that turtle yawned and everybody just like erupted. Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, it was really an amazing moment because you know, anyone who, who films or, or photographs turtles, like the, that yawn opportunity only happens so often. And for, for, it's tough enough to get a diamondback to to stay still for half a second. I know Kevin, you're a diamondback expert. Like to get them to stay still for even a second is tough enough. This one was like posing and we were talking about, oh my gosh, what an awesome pose. It's not moving well. And then all of a sudden it yawned and that's why we just erupted. But it was, it was, it was great to be there. Um, the Turtle Conservancy did a, um, a video, a live video for the Dodo and they got like 30,000 views, like within the first couple minutes. It was yeah. wild. It was really, really cool. But uh, Kevin, you can speak to that, right? Diamondbacks don't stay still, do they? Depends. Uh, some of the ones that I keep, they love me taking photos and get right up to their face. They don't move at all. The sick ones, yeah. No, no. <laughs> you don't keep sick turtles. I'm just kidding. Look no. at that thing. Oh, um, my gosh. You ever get a photo like that? No, I'm not that good of a photographer. That is funny, too, because I was talking to James about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's not really the, like the best focus, but we could use it. Like, look at that photo. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's the quality doesn't really matter. I see what he I see what he says though. It's yeah, not quite I, focused, but absolutely right, right. It seems like it's more maybe on part of the hand than than on the actual turtle itself. But man, is it it's really hard to focus on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Without right, with especially without a macro type, you know, setup ready to go, it's really hard to focus on something that small. Pun intended. Get it? Macro? No one. Oh, yeah, look at that. That was a joke. Unintended. I, that was pun. Yeah, so that's a joke. I just want everyone to know. Uh, so it was. It was pun intended. Was it? <laughs> for those, for those <laughs> that don't know, macros are um, the diamondback terrapin that you know live in Florida. Right. One of the one of the subspecies in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's, so that's why that's well, that's short for macrospelota, which is the the scientific name for the ornate diamondback terrapin. Macro for short. Us turtle nerds just call them macros. Mm-hmm. Diamondbacks actually just had a huge win. Uh, New York. Ban the collection and the keeping of Dimeback Therapins altogether. Which That's great. A really long time coming, and uh, we're all very, very happy about that. But how can I find someone to export them? I'm kidding. Did you see that? <laughs> 
so there's there was a Facebook post. This is my favorite stuff. This is my absolute favorite stuff. But at the same time, it makes me cry inside. You know what I mean? Like something that's so uh, troubling about something you care about, but let, like that all you can do is just laugh and like laugh like at your own pain, right? Because yeah. that post came out and everyone, there's, it's this whole group of naturalists and, and people who really care and dedicate their lives to, to saving animals, even if that means keeping nothing in captivity because everything is safe and in its place in the wild, right? That's what we all want. And I guarantee you that's what I want. If 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 the world was different and every single one of these animals could be safe in the wild, I, you can come and take them tomorrow. When the spotted turtle got outlawed and in Connecticut and I couldn't keep them anymore, the first species I ever hatched, I happily gave my spotted turtles up. I didn't want them anymore. That's perfect. That's that's a good thing. I want them to be protected in my in my home state. And if that means I can't have them, then so be it. So anyway, going off on a little bit of a tangent, but so the news came out and all these naturalists and like i said people who really care are all posting oh this is amazing and you've seen these people for decades fighting this fight and trying to do what's right by the animals and then here comes the post from someone how can i'm I'm looking for someone to export these basically just trying to get some of them in his greedy hands honestly on the same post where we're all rejoicing that they just got protected in new york for the first time so it's also kind of a somber reminder that it doesn't matter kind of like gun laws like gun laws keep the guns out of the good guys hands i mean that's Mm -hmm. the fight the argument that a lot of pro-gun people have about gun laws i'm not saying i'm either but i i just think the same thing happens with animals like yes they're protected but yeah, there's but, still going to be people who would do anything. And that's a perfect example. Yeah, of, and it's not going to stop the people that go to poach them and whatnot. Yeah, because it'll probably be a slap on the wrist anyway if they do get caught. And You know what? We, we went to the undisclosed uh, spotted turtle spot in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And what well, we found like 10 piles of just leaf litter that were mm-hmm. people just netting for them. Yep. Yep. And I've, I've, it's been a year and it's been like 14 months since I've seen one there. Uh, well, I should say like in the last like 26 months, I've seen one in 26 months there. And it was before it was, you'd go and you'd see several at like the, at the same time, like, like you'd go and see 10 in one day. And now I've seen one in 26 months. So, and I, and I go regularly throughout the year. Unfortunate. Yeah. So it's, I mean, maybe if you were trapping there or, something maybe you'd encounter more maybe there are still more but they're you know they're pretty secretive but i don't know i don't go to catch them the one thing uh plus and minus anyways that dimeback has is that they don't really bask close to shore so much you know more so out in the um, what are those words it's like uh in the marsh yeah the the marsh but like the grass above you know yeah, because uh, coming up on shore, then they have to run down. Is picture like a soft shell turtle quickly running down the bank and into the water. Whereas if they're if they're on some like a basking area that's right above the water, then they could just plop right in the water and be safe yeah. from from something above. So that and that's with anything. That's that's one of the things that I uh, one of the gripes I have with um, the waterland tub for keeping them in um, captivity. Uh, you still need to figure out a way to have a basking area in the water section because the the land area that's for egg laying or whatever um, is not a natural basking area. There should still be like a a log or something that comes out of the water that they can bask on to to try to mimic like a natural um, natural situation where they could just dive in the water as opposed to like 
you know, taking a few steps and running down the slanted bank. Well, Pete, the the guy who created Waterland Tubs, if you ever see like the footage or whatnot of his like setups for his deck turbines, he has basically a uh, like a one by six coming out the opposite direction from the Bascon, and they die, mm-hmm. they fall out from there, you know. Right. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, it's his product, you know. Right. Right. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. So that was one project with with uh, with the Turtle Conservancy. Such a pleasure seeing those guys. And such a pleasure seeing that project for the first time. It was it was really really amazing, and um, I look forward to the next time that I'm able to get out there. And you know, if you're looking for something to support, it's not a bad idea. Um, we you know we talk about our friends at the TSA and the Turtle Conservancy all the time. So um, and if you are not familiar, please check them out. But if you're familiar with us, I assume you're familiar with them. You never know though; could be one or two. Um, so that was one project. Um, the other project is what Ari came to and we, we were, uh, we're trying in the future to have a, uh, guest, uh, John Foley, who, uh, runs a very important telemetry project in New York. And, um, basically they have over a hundred wood turtles and a couple box turtles that have transmitters, um, adhered to their carapace and, uh, using a, kind of antenna device they can go out and find where the turtles are in the habitat and then they can make note of that and I've said it before and I'll say it again and and this will not be the last time I say it after spending the time in the in the wild on this project specifically because of the you know the, the devices they're using to track the turtles it's it's really difficult to picture keeping this species in captivity if you're not doing it the right way. So if you go to Chris's place, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen photos, photos and or videos. I mean, Camp Kenan uh, Kenan Harkin went there and did a video on his enclosure with the running stream in it. And I know I've shared photos and we made videos about it ourselves. Um, that's and there are several people actually i've learned i thought chris Chris was the only one like no one could have this amazing thing but there are actually others as well so unless we're talking about that type of captive environment i really have a difficult time wrapping my head around keeping north american wood turtles in captivity um just after be spending time with them and seeing how much they maybe do or maybe don't move every animal is different some of them kind of stay put in a very small area and then some are traveling miles and miles, um, you know, at different points of the year. There's this one that we call my girlfriend because Michael Musnick, the uh, amazing citizen scientist who's been doing this work for a long time, would save her for every time I came out with them so he wouldn't have to walk this like ridiculous mountain ridge all by himself. And she, bless her heart, she climbs that ridge every single year um, in the summer after she's done laying her eggs. It's the most amazing thing because like there's a whole population, but she's the only turtle that goes there. It's really amazing. And some just stay put and then other ones will go three miles in the other direction. And it just, it makes no sense. And, and that's why the work they're doing is so important because, um, we don't really know yet, like how they use, um, how they use the habitat and stuff like that. And John, something that I found really fascinating, uh, John is kind of aspiring to do some work 
with juveniles and no one does work with so many of these species with juveniles because they live a completely different life where they're kind of hiding most of the time they're not out and about and moving they're not doing the egg laying and the you know returning to the river for breeding and all the different stuff that uh, adults are doing and that goes for a lot of species if you look at a lot of different emmydids they, uh, you know, like box turtles and, and like the, the old Clemmies group, which is like the spotted turtles and the Pacific pond turtles and the wood turtles. And you can even add like the, the uh, Blanding's turtles to this. All the, all the research on those turtles don't include hatchlings. They're researching what the adults are doing. Um, so I think there's a lot to be learned still about neonate juvenile um, animals of different species we just we just don't know so so there's a lot of exciting things going on there and and ari came out we did like a drone flyover it was it was sick so um that was a really exciting one as well um yeah so you said you have four in the pipeline right now correct that's referred to two so we're, we're talking about four different things it's actually three in situ projects and then another another project that, that Steve was going to mention, but the other two are actually Steve's. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So here we are, and we've got, we've got about 15 minutes left of our normal time here. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> so two weeks ago, um, we were out in the wild in situ, as we've been talking, um, just actually uh, north of my house here in Pennsylvania, where we were working on, long-term monitoring projects with wood turtles and uh, the other sympatric species in the area. Um, this is a project that we put together um, in collaboration with the Turtle Survival Alliance's North American Freshwater Turtle Research Group. Um, it's, it's been in progress now in the, in the building pro process since, uh, well, for almost two years. Um, last year, we did a lot of preliminary surveying and so two weeks ago was the first full-blown survey following the full-blown protocol and um, so give me a second here I will pull up some of the pictures from the week and come on open them up take your time take your time I got all night I have 15 minutes all of a sudden <laughs> There we go. So here are some of the pictures from a couple weekends ago. Um, this group of pictures is taken by our good friend, our good friend Ayla Ross, who is out um, on the survey with us. She is a, and there's Andy Weber, another good friend of the Turtle Room. Um, that's actually a, a water snake we found along the way. I was going to say that's a really long turtle. Yeah, and so here's a, a sample of us uh, measuring and performing some data. That's uh, Chris Bortz, another one of our local guys there. Uh, Dude, on the nice nice on the shirt. Nice shirt, man. Cool. Actually, yeah, you know, a good breathable shirt to, um, to have out there. Um, there you see me uh, notching one of the wood turtles while Andy apparently spaces out. Um, and actually, we <laughs> found this really cool bullfrog. It was gorgeous. Pretty neat. Did you eat it? Nope. And there's one of me apparently looking funny that I didn't know was being taken. Yeah, somebody said something about your mama, I think. Must have been. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So I'm going to stop that there. Um, and actually, this is from June. Uh, we didn't get great pictures. Uh, turns out the lens was a little foggy uh, when we found her again here in, in two weeks ago. But this is a really old female wood turtle. And one of the cool things, like, she's even smoothed down her vertebrals. Like, this is a, an old old lady that still is laying nests, which is really kind of cool. We estimate that she's a good 70 years old or so, or, or possibly even more. Wow, look at that. She's really smooth bottom, starting to get smooth on the top. Um, <clears throat> she's got a little bit of an injury, which you can see the left um, left part of her jaw has been damaged. Um, That's an amazing turtle! Wow, I can't she, believe the, the the how how devoid of markings her plastron is. Oh yeah, she's she's really old, and so here you can see the damage. Um, so we've seen her twice now in just a few months, which is really cool. And this is a, another male from June, then, but so lots of lots of cool stuff. Actually, let me get one more. I think we have another good picture of. Uh, some other pictures and measurements being taken, which are kind of fun to fun to see as well. You don't want to share the pictures of when I was there in April and we found the snapping turtle. Messed up, man. Um, those are in a different folder. I was just you know focused on the focused on the on the survey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so here's a couple more of us. Um, measuring turtles out of sight. And you can see this guy underwater. That's cool. Yeah. And we also, yeah, found this little, also found this little stinker along the way. And she was a little humpbacked. Can't really see it in those pictures. Oh, here's a great video, little video of when we released her. Yeah, she took off. Yeah. Goodbye, my love. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, we're performing. Um, we have one set of protocol. Well, really, two we're following um, simultaneously. Um, we're do, taking even extra measurements beyond um, what is normally taken by either of the two protocols we're following, um, because we have some re some possible uh, research ideas that we're taking all this extra data for. So, um, anyway. So we took it take take took four of us to collect data because we needed two people to hold the turtle because of some of the measurements we wanted to take one to take the measurements and one to record the measurements. So it was a big process. So for people that don't know, the uh, wood turtle is endangered. So if you see one, don't pick it up. Definitely don't grab a saw and try to notch the shell on your own. Um, great animal and just that would be illegal. Yeah, yeah exactly. it would be. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it from a distance. Don't you know really mess with it at all. Um, yeah. There are many states where, um, actually, Pennsylvania has this great project called PARS. I know Connecticut has a similar one where um, as long as you have a fishing license and you're out, you can pick up the wood turtle, take a couple pictures of it, and then log it um, in their PARS database so that, um, so that the state um, can know um, where you found it and uh, keep better track of the population. So I wasn't aware of that, actually. So Yeah. Did you know about that? We do have that in Connecticut where, where they – they do rely on, on um, submitted records for um, kind of sightings of, of specific species. But awesome. um, I don't know 
I don't know if they want you picking them up and molesting them at all. I use the term molesting. Right. I, I use the term molesting loosely. Don't get don't get excited, guys. Okay. Just. I know. I know. The protocol, the protocol for PARS requires um, specific pictures to be taken of it so that the identify the identity can be verified as far as species goes. That makes so, that makes a lot of good sense. But that piece is not in the, as far as I know, is not in the Connecticut. Uh, protocol for that sort of stuff but right. but very cool um to do it that way i think it's worth having a couple turtles molested in that way mm-hmm. again i'm yeah. using the term loosely that's um, uh, that's actually a part talking about pars here is actually a really good segue partly because one of the founders of pars was actually out at our fundraiser event just on saturday so on saturday we were out with um, the Turtle Survival Alliance at Spoonwood Brewery in Pittsburgh for the latest installment of their Drink Beer Save Turtles fundraiser. Um, so I was the only one who was staring directly into the sun without sunglasses, so I looked like a complete goof. But, you know, everybody else looks pretty good in this picture, so I'm happy with it. Uh. So you've already gotten to see some pictures of our good friend Andy. Uh, he, he's sporting his turtle room hat. He's uh, you know, a big part of what NAFTURG and the turtle room are doing here in Pennsylvania. He's kind of my co-lead here in, uh, in Pennsylvania to manage that project. He's also really important in the PARS uh, project as well. He's a county coordinator for them, um, which is kind of cool. Um, and then you see Scott and his uh, um, girlfriend Kim uh, in the back as well. Scott's another one of our turtle room guys. Ayla was out on our survey, has been out on NAFTARIC surveys before. Um, bright, young uh, researcher. Uh, and then this is Eric Muncher, front left, who is the director of the North American Freshwater Turtle Research Group, uh, which is part of the Turtle Survival Alliance. And so he was kind of the point person to, to make these two events happen. And uh, that's his son, Tristan. Uh, my wife is next to me. That's Lisa. And then um, the guy on the end, Josh Brown, he goes by Fuzzy. He's been part of NAFTURG work and was even out to help us uh, with a wood turtle survey one day uh, last year, as I recall. Oh, that's awesome. I was going to say, you're not even going to talk about this poor guy on the left over there? I was getting to Fuzzy. All right. Let me make sure. I'm like, man, maybe he just doesn't know who he is and doesn't want to be rude. We just uh, skate right past him. So who brought all the uh, species there? It looks like I saw a Chinese box turtle up front. Looks like maybe a galbinifrons. I couldn't really tell. Uh, yeah. So, um, so the animals for the two events that we had in Pittsburgh have all been brought by uh, the Turtle Room, and that's kind of one of the ways we um, help the TSA out with these events. They always try to have live turtles at the events um, as a draw, um, as and as an educational tool. So, um, because this is a lot closer to us than the TSA, they ask us to come uh, bring some animals out because they know we can bring some endangered animals and put on, you know, some good educational information. um, And they trust us to kind of represent them in that in that way. Um, Turtles that we had at the event, uh, we had eight species from four different continents at the event. Um, From North America, we had a melanistic male red-eared slider. We had um, an eastern painted turtle, and we also had a barber's map turtle at the event. Um, From Asia, we had uh, a four-eyed turtle, um, a Geomitis bengleri, and a Coro flava marginata. And uh, from Africa, we had Pelamedusa sabrufa, and South America was represented by a red foot, which actually wandered the yard almost the entire day. Um, really interactive experience for kids and adults alike as a result. Pretty cool. 
So these, these events are always great. Um, there's been one in Fort Worth, two in Charleston, and now two in Pittsburgh um, so far. Um, so if you ever see TSA talking about Drink Beer, Save Turtles event, try to get out. It's really a good time. You can hang out for hours just um, shooting the crap, talking turtles, and, um, and uh, you know, enjoying a freshly uh, tapped beer as well um, for those of you that, you know, like a good brew. Steve had so many beers that he hung out for a few hours afterwards by himself on the lawn with the Redfoot uh, Yeah, was, we, were, we were home by – when did we get – we left at uh, – we got home around uh, 1 o'clock, so. 1 a.m.? Too much with a four-hour drive, man. That's rough. Ooh. So. Better you than me. It's, but, what's, anyway. the, what's, the, what's the girl's name? Ayla? Ayla, yeah. That's so good. So, so just so you know, I don't know if you knew this, but, but she and I did yes. sampling together in Florida. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she mentioned at the conference that she had met you. And so that's oh. where she and I met uh, for the first time. And um, I'm actually helping her with, uh, with some data analysis on um, and some research that she's trying to put together as well. So that's so cool. Uh, I love it. So um, we've got a nice big collaborative group that, of, you know, co-authors working on a, on another bit of paper, uh, another bit of research on Sternotherus minor, actually. So. Oh, very cool. We, she and I caught those together. What was, right. so great about, what was so great about having her there, uh, everyone had wetsuits, and they're going into the springs, and everyone, all these Floridians and all these Southerners are, like, scaring me. And I should have known better, right? Like, I'm from Connecticut. I'll be all right. But, like, the water's really cold. You know, you need the wetsuit. The water's really cold. The water's really cold. The water was like 70 something degrees. It was not, it was so it was so nice. It was like w warmer than my bath water if I could fit in a bathtub. <laughs> not, what I imagined my bath water would be like if I could fit in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that that, that was pretty Right. She saved me and she she was the only one who also wasn't probably be, probably because she's from a northern climate as well. She was like, right. yeah, they're all, you know, you don't need yeah. a wetsuit. You're good. In fact, she'll be out again with us uh, in another couple of weeks for the next round of wood turtle surveys as well. Um, she's likely going to be a big part of that as long as she's uh, within reasonable driving distance. So That's so cool. That's so cool. I love it when stuff like that comes together. Indeed. Good work. Good work. So, so you did get drunk, though, at the event. Uh, yeah, definitely not. Actually, I've never been drunk, period, in my life. So that's my, that's my one claim to fame. Minto hasn't either. Minto's drunk right now. No, not at all. No. Drunk and on about, turtles. In about seven to eight minutes, maybe, but, you know, not at this moment. <laughs> That's so bad. This is water. I'm everyone in my Gatorland cup. Yeah. It's my new gimmick on the show. I, I bring a different cup every time, and I hope that people recognize. I so. don't think anyone's noticed yet. I mean, Did you notice? No, you guys didn't say anything. Nope. Uh -huh. I watch every month. I didn't notice. Viewers, do I us a favor. It's just coincidence. Yeah. Do us a I favor. If you notice a different cup, please write into the show. Let us know your thoughts. If you like Anthony's cup, if you think his cup is foolish, mm -hmm. if you don't really care about the cup thing, we'd like to hear your thoughts either way. I assume that, whatever. Yeah, I just please. assumed you didn't do your dishes, that you just had to get a new cup every time. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. I've had meningitis four times for that reason. I'm just kidding. I got meningitis from the turtles. <clears throat> Did you know the turtles can carry salmonella? What? <laughs> it's actually, you know, a big topic when you're out at these educational type um, type presences. Yeah, um, that was, 
You got lots of kids. They, you know, they want to touch the turtles. So you've got hand sanitizer there, and you're talking about, you know, those issues, and you're like, it, and you, you tell them that it's no different than a chicken. So yeah, no Stand different than a than a tomato. You know, salmonella is not a turtle disease. It's like a dirty disease. It's just the water quality, and it's. Well, and partly it's just because they 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 eat, drink, and poo all and pee all in the same same yeah. water for the most part. So, yeah. um, I mean, imagine if you lived all the time in the same place, you did all those things. How do you know? I, I do. Yeah. Anthony has a really big toilet that he just you know hangs out in. I have to have a really big toilet, big man. But uh, yeah, I. I've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, I think it's so foolish. And, and, you know, turtles are seen as like an exotic, a frivolous, like unnecessary companion pet or whatever. So um, I don't even see my turtles as pets. They all have jobs, important jobs. My dogs have no job. My turtles all have a job. Their job is to make baby turtles. But, um, and to try to do their little part to maybe have, a part in saving their species on a small level at some point. But, um, I mean, like, like if my daughter, you know, got bit by the dog or ate dog poop and got E. coli, then, you know, it wouldn't matter. We're not going to outlaw dogs. Dogs are man's best friend and they're important, but you know, we'll outlaw baby turtles because of salmonella because laws are made in reaction to, to in, in knee jerk reactions. And at some points, mass hysteria around a certain subject. So I guess that's just the world that we live in. But that's my concern. And, and what I was saying about that, that Diamondback situation on Facebook where somebody writes, hey, I'm looking to get some of those exported on the same exact post where, some, where everybody's celebrating that they've gotten protection in the wild. I think that you know, I've also talked about this. It's, you know, it's a sad world that we live in for, for, for turtles and the, all of the corresponding we do online where we make ourselves look really stupid mm -hmm. is, is a real shame. And I think that ultimately it's going to lead to a time when we're not able to, to do the work that we do in captivity anymore or without maybe making a lot of friends and pulling a lot of strings and proving ourselves at the very most. But I know for someone who lives in Connecticut where they don't give permits, I think one day just everywhere is going to outlaw keeping animals and some States are not going to have the manpower to have a permit process and, and check everything out. And then I think ultimately it'll lead to us not being able to keep animals anymore. And I, I hate to, to end the broadcast on a somber note, but I think it, more than just a somber note, I think that it's, a challenge and a call t for unity and togetherness around this whole thing that um, a lot of us are really get really excited about the almighty transaction and, and being able to sell an animal, even if we've hatched it or not, <coughs> or um, perhaps we appreciate the ability to get what are, whatever animals that we want to have the Pokemon got to catch them all mentality where we just want to be able to to rule over animals and keep what we want and have it in our house no matter how rare it is or whatever <clears throat> because that comes out in the classifieds when we write it you know if we don't have a lot of knowledge about the animal and we're just looking to sell it that comes across in in our ads and if i'm a lawmaker and i and i look at the classifieds <clears throat> i have a lot of questions about this whole hobby and why i should allow it to continue 
it's like if if aliens from another planet were watching humans and they and they decided to look at reality tv to figure out who we were i think they'd they'd probably they'd probably think i don't know if these humans need to go on existing anymore and I, I think it's the same thing for us in our hobby. So I think we need to be careful and I think people need to be mindful of it because ultimately we and the turtles to a certain level are the ones that are going to suffer if we keep going the way that we're going. Sorry. Is that bad for a soapbox thought? No, no I mean, I think a lot of the turtles themselves are going to suffer more than so the humans because it's for us, a lot of us anyway, it's just like a selfish need where in fact, it's, that's what's causing the problem with the turtles itself because if they're being taken from the wild, they're not being able to be protected, you know? And if... Uh, we can't protect them in captivity for some of these species. They're done for at this point, unfortunately. And I think every single one of these situations is complex. So I've, ha I've had very smart people, and I won't say any names, but very smart people who have been doing this for decades and really know what they're talking about come to me and say, slow down, pump the brakes on what you just said, that, you know, you need to understand that some of these animals like in Asia are just going to be eaten mm -hmm. away. And if we don't get some scent over here or over wherever, Europe, other parts of Asia, wherever, even if it is in the pet trade, that at least the species will survive. So I think there's complicated nature uh, in, in every part of this. Mm -hmm. I just think we embarrass ourselves at the way we look in classifieds and things like that. Like turtle stuff on Facebook does not, the majority of it does not make me confident in the future of our hobby. And I think that people just have to have that in mind. It makes us look bad. And, you know, I think that we're the ones that are going to pay the price. And I do think the animals as well, because I do think that there are good things happening because of the pet trade. And, um, but there's a lot of bad and a lot of it could be avoided too with education. Um, there are a lot of people that know a lot about animals and use that to try to make a buck where if they used their, if they put their energy into education and, um, you know, tried to do the best they could to 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 not be so careless around certain things. Then I think um, I think everyone would be in a much better place. And I'm you know I'm not going to tell everyone how to do their stuff, but one day when this all gets ripped away and we don't know why, I think I'll be able to look back at the podcast episode 39 and say I told you so. Just saying. Man, he's trying to, he's trying to, I think he's trying to get all of our viewers to want to hang up so we can go home. Message? No, I'm saying keep turtles, enjoy them, but challenge yourself to be the best turtle nerd you can There we be. go. Now there's the positive spin I'm looking for. Woo! All right. Bong. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And you, remember, that's, there it is. Uh, action step. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Woo! Gatorland Cup. Nice cup. Gatorland Cup. Next week, next month. We don't do this every week. Next month, I'm going to have something real good for you guys. Yeah, so next month, next month, uh, we, um, first Monday, like usual, I can't remember what date that is right now, which is why I was trying sixth. to swap. It's the 6th. There it is. It is the 6th. Yep. November 6th is the next first Monday. So that's, uh, that'll be, podcast episode 40. 40. 40. Oh my gosh. Did we get to 40? Uh, 
so yeah, 40 next month, um, which means we'll be at 42 in December. Um, 41, what are you talking about? If we do, oh, sorry, 40, you're right, I'm a month, I was thinking next month, October for some reason. Uh, 40, 41, so that means 50 will be next October, January, February, March, April. September. Except we don't do in August. Well, we may do in August this year if we can get everybody. Well, back. if we can pull it off, right. Maybe we can There's pull it off. There's a party going on right here. Celebration to uh, last about the year. Sorry. That's all right. I'm nothing wrong with a celebrate, man. I've actually played that song in church. Sounds like a cool church. Amen, brother. Let's not get into that. Well, I feel like we're coming to the end of our railroad tracks. That's your opinion. I'm here for the long haul. I'm ready to turn this episode into a filibuster. Just kidding. I'm out of water. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm in there at all. Anthony Pierleoni. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, before this train gets derailed completely off of these railroad tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's about time we sign off for Anthony and Kevin uh, I, and Kevin. Great yeah. to have you on, man. A Thank lot you. of value added. Appreciate it. Um, as always, I'm Steve and we'll see you on November 6th. Good night. Good night.